Recorded live. Welcome to the Spiritual Round Table with Brother Rod and the Brothers of the Faith. Uh, tonight we have Pastor and Brother Achilles Zephyr um, representing, standing in with us, representing of the kingdom. We also have Brother Paul stepping in with us tonight and representing as the minister and pastor of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and of the kingdom, disciple. We have a teacher, Brother Kevin Lindsay, on us with us tonight and also a guest. A representing disciple of the kingdom. So welcome, brothers. Oh, man, tonight what's happening is we have a situation that's, uh, that has taken place in the United States uh, and in the country that we live in. And it's titled one of the largest uh, shootings in the country. Now, that's arguable, but our point is <laughs> this is what happens. So the spiritual round table tonight is, is titled Orlando, all right? So let me read from CNN exactly what that means. It says, an American-born man who pledged allegiance to ISIS gunned down 49 people early Sunday at a gay nightclub in Orlando. The deadliest mass shooter in the United States and the nation's worst terror attack since 1911, authorities said. The gunman, Omar Mateen, 29 of Fort Pierce, Florida, was interviewed by FBI in 2013 and 2014, but was not found to be a threat, the FBI said. My team called 911 during the attack to pledge allegiance to ISIS and mentioned the Boston massacres, bombers, according to the U.S. officials. Orlando police shot and killed Mateen. Mateen's um, ex-wife said she thinks he was mental, uh, mentally ill, um, Mateen carried an assault rifle and a pistol in the packed Pulse Club about 2 a.m. Sunday and started shooting, killing 49 and wounding at least 53, officials said. After a standoff for three hours uh, while people were trapped in the club, desperately, police crashed into the building with an armed vehicle using thunder grenades and killed Mateen. Uh, it appears that he was well organized and equipped. So it brings us to our discussion for the roundtable. And um, I wanted to start uh, the roundtable with this verse. I believe this verse gets us to where we need to be for a topic and discussion. Um, The verse is Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. This is Paul speaking to the church in Rome, and he starts off chapter 12 by saying, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So then I go and say to myself after hearing that, what is the will of God? Right? Do not conform to this world. Why would Paul say that? Because conformity is coming. We as humans are going to try to conform. But he said, listen, do not conform, but be transformed. As Paul would say to it, be agents of change. Right? So if I do my research, I'm going to listen to the Old Testament. And the Old Testament says in Leviticus, we talk about the will of God, Leviticus 18 and 22, 
He says, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Right? So this is the book of the law. It's history, book of the law. So this is law. So God says in the Old Testament, in Leviticus, said, listen, you shall not lie with a male as a woman. It's clearly cut. Because why? It's an abomination. It's not holy. It's not acceptable. It's not offering your body as a living sacrifice, right? This is God's will. He says, listen, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13, two chapters later, he says, if a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. It's clear. It says they shall surely be put to death. So this happens, right? This happens in Orlando. God shoots up a gay club, and I'm saying to myself, I don't know how to feel. Because the brother of the brother of the club, I'm like, yo, that's bad. I'm like, yo, that's terrible. Man, look at all the lives lost. I'm hurt by the situation. People lost lives. Like, it's in our DNA to mourn the loss of lives. But on the other hand, bro, and y'all let me know if I'm wrong or not, I'm like, mm, well, you know, that's what comes with that. So I'm, I'm questioning myself, like, am I wrong for that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because at the same time in this temple, in this body, I'm like, yo, I know I should be this, but why am I thinking this? Right. So it says, by the renewing of your mind. Why is the mind so important? Because his wife goes and says she thinks she's mentally ill. So the battle is not what? It's not physical, it's spiritual. I get it. Somebody said that earlier this week. It was Brother Josh. And I'm saying to myself, though it may not be, but what does the enemy do? The enemy looks to steal, kill, and destroy. He gets in your mind because he can't make you kill yourself, but he can put all the tools that are in place, and it starts in the mind. So I'm like, Lord, I don't want to miss the big picture. Whatever it is this is about, what's the big picture? What is the enemy up to? See what I'm saying? Like all that goes into place. Now, I got some more notes, but uh, for the sake of the rhyme table, I just wanted to get us off. And just get us, get us, you know, cruising to where, where, and what this is about. So, you know, I, I'm gonna let whoever spiritual led go next. I'm not gonna call anybody names. Anybody who want to go next on the topic to share their angle and how. And I guess my thought would be, how do you feel about the situation? How do you feel? Hey, this is Paul. Um, I, I'm. Uh, it's, it's really difficult because, like you said, you're immediately saddened by the loss of 50 lives. Now, we know if they are in that lifestyle as Christians, taking the word of God, taking it straight out of the word of God, they are living in a lifestyle of sin. So if they are put to death or they are taken out of this life, then they will be realizing their eternity. And this person who took the lives of these people is responsible for ending their life early. However, the Bible says that we should be instant in season, out of season. 
you know, something my my grandfather always said, there's nothing out there worth being out there for after 11 o'clock at night. You know, even with his kids, he wouldn't let them be out past 11 o'clock, even when they were teenagers and, and grown, still living at home, because there's nothing good out there after 11 o'clock at night. And you think about these things, these are simple things that most people, um, you know, are taught as we grow up. You know, you need to be home at a decent time. People have curfews for a reason, because the darkness, that that whole situation, the things that you can get into, and, and again, I'm not trying to be, you know, just trying to make something that, an issue that's not an issue, but we have to look at these people and what condition they were in. Okay, they're in a gay nightclub, hanging out, doing things that are not of God, but these would be the same people that I guarantee you some of them claim to be gay Christians. Because we as a church, as a society, have gone, bent over backwards to accept people. In this country, we have bent over backwards to open our borders to everyone. We are so non-offensive to everyone. We are so accepting that the people who live here, who believe how this country was founded, the people who are Christians who believe according to the word of God how Christianity was founded and the standards there have become the prisoners in our own life, in our own home. We are now prisoners. We have made it impossible to preach to people this message. Now, homosexuality should not define a person. Uh, I understand that homosexuality is sin, just like lying is sin, just like cheating is sin or stealing or lusting or whatever. Right. Um, but you'll find that most people in that lifestyle allow their sexual preference to determine and define everything about them. You have men who profess to be gay and they act more feminine and flamboyant than a woman does. You have women who profess to be gay and they act more masculine, like they have to completely masculinize themselves. Again, as Rod said, that may not be a word, but there it is. Um, <laughs> and then we have pastors of right. mega churches who say, oh, we don't go there. God will work that out. You have to preach against this stuff. The Bible says if you don't warn your brother, and your brother dies in his sin, his blood is on your hands. If you don't call it like it is and tell it like it is. You see, Jesus didn't pull any punches when he told people about their sin. When he called them out in their situation and said, look at the money changers. He didn't pray for them in the background. He kicked over their tables and ran them out and told them they have made his house, which was to be called a house of prayer, into a, a den of thieves. And and Jesus Christ, he said, I didn't come but to offend. Uh, Rod and I were talking today about the, the law in Matthew where Jesus said, you've heard it said that murder is a sin. The law says that if you murder, you're, you're in danger of hellfire. And Jesus said, I'm trying to tell you that it's not the murder. It's the anger behind it. It's the hatred behind it that says you're in danger. He gets down to, he takes the focus off of the action 
and puts it on the drive or the motive. He does not look on the outward things. He looks on the inward things. You notice when uh, Jesus came to Cain in the Bible after he slew Abel, he said to him, what have you done? Where's your brother? And Cain said, well, I'm not my brother's keeper. He said his blood cries out from the earth, right? Not why did you kill him? Where is he? What have you done with him? Where, where is he? Jesus came to drill down on everything that has been told us. Um, I, I had a homosexual uh, manager. Uh, actually, I was a trainer at um, Dendrite when I worked on the help desk. I was a trainer. My co-trainer was a lesbian. Our team lead was gay, and our uh, manager was gay. And um, I remember my manager telling me, well, there's nothing in uh, the Ten Commandments about being gay, so I'm I'm straight. I'm good. Uh, he didn't say I'm straight because that would be – never mind. Um, but the point is people think that. All oh, the Ten Commandments say this, this, and this, and this. But as, again, uh, Rod and I were talking before, the Ten Commandments, the very first one that says you shall have no other gods before me, that right there encompasses – more than people give credit to. It's not saying don't you you know don't blatantly worship another god instead of our god, the the only right. one true god. It's saying don't put anything before me that you love more than me, because God is a jealous God. He's a just God. He says he will share his glory with no flesh. And when people live lives and they think again that God is somebody who is so forgiving, that even though we don't pay him enough respect and courtesy to ask him to forgive our, our sins. We expect that if he comes or if we are called from this life to the next, that his mercy will just cover all of that. But the Bible says no sin shall enter into heaven, none. If we die in a state of sin, then at that point we, we can't blame God anymore. Um, and, and I feel like these people, again, Homosexuality is sin, just like any other sin. God specifically said it in the Bible. Paul the Apostle specifically spoke about it. He, God specifically put it in the Levitical law saying, if this happens, no questions asked. If this person is caught in this situation, put them to death immediately. There's no trial. There's no questioning. There's no conversation about it or, well, was this happening or this happening? Put them to death. And people want to blame Christians when we say that kind of thing. But and, and I'm all for knowing that you have to witness to people in love. You have to share Jesus and the gospel with them with love. But you have to have a boldness. My parents love me, but that doesn't mean they didn't put the belt on my rear end when I needed it. And, right. and that was love. And in the same situation, we have too many people who are for their own motives, whatever they may be, be it money, be it fame, popularity, uh, whatever it is, that will circumvent the issues, the sin, completely walk around it and turn a blind eye to it just to continue to pad their pockets or not offend anyone. And Jesus said he is coming back for a church that is without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. 
He's coming for a church that is watching and waiting. If you are watching and waiting, you cannot live willfully in a life of sin and expect that God's just going to look over your sin and come get you. And, and I mean, you know, that's how I feel. It saddens me greatly because I know that these 50 people, if they were truly in that lifestyle, they are facing an almighty God who is just and who will say, I told you this was wrong. You knew this was wrong. There's no questions. Um, but it saddens me because someone took their lives, uh, and we know that it's appointed unto man to die, to every man to die, saved or not saved. Uh, God's going to call somebody out. At our appointed time, we will be called. So those 50 people, they had an appointment with God. Now, the really heartbreaking thing is if you were to hear stories, interactions maybe, of parents with their kids that were murdered that night saying, hey, you, you know, possibly you, you need to get yourself right. You don't need to be going to these places. You don't need to be doing these things. But they didn't listen to that wise advice. And, and unfortunately, we are in a situation where this problem, which is I think that I don't know if the number is still current, but less than 3% of the population are, of this country are calling the shots that people are bowing down to. That blows my mind that we will let the enemy take that kind of authority over us to where we can't do anything. As a Christian, you cannot stand up against homosexuality without suffering legal percussions, repercussions at this point. Uh, and I know that people say, well, that's not, that's not legal. That's not true. Look at what has happened in the past. Because right. we are on this accept everybody, don't offend anyone. Muslims can be allowed to pray in school. Christians cannot. You cannot talk about the blood of Jesus. You cannot talk about Jesus Christ. But Muhammad is taught in history classes. And, and uh, these kind of things are, when we say, well, I've heard all my life, oh, we're in the end times. Man, if we are not in the end times, I hate to see what the end times look like. Uh, so I'm, I'm. That's that's my take on it. I know I, I talked for probably ten, fifteen minutes, and I'm not trying to take over. So I, I'll chill out and let somebody else say uh, things. <laughs> no, but rightfully so, man. That was man. That was full of all kind of niggas, but um, man, whoever next. Well. Hey, it's uh, it's uh, brother Keyless, man, and um, I I couldn't agree more um with um with um with brother Paul and and just on on just the broad insight that he was giving, you know, from A to Z, really, he, he covered a lot. Um, I guess for me, I look at this whole thing like in three parts, um, because I kind of spoke to Rod about this too. Seems like Rod speaks to all of us, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I spoke to him about this and um, just kind of marinating on it. I, I, I just kind of see three, I guess three categories, three aspects. And, you know, I see the LG, LGBTQ, right, community. I see the Islamic state and I see the, the Christian work. Um, when I look at the LGBT community, and I was speaking this about Brother Rod, you, you can't help but have the, two-part feeling as a Christian. Number one, you say, dang, I can't, 
wow, these people just died. Life has ended. You know, the Word of God teaches us to respect life because God is the author of life. And and in the same way, if somebody were to commit suicide who was an atheist, we as Christians, we're not going to say, well, now they're going to know who God is. I mean, that's 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 not our, that shouldn't be our first thought. Our first thought should be, my goodness, this person possibly died without the gospel. Man. Right. There is no coming back. There is no second chance. Brother Paul just said, again, the word of God teaches that it is appointed for man to die once, and then comes judgment. So it, it like, I, like my original feeling was that, yo, this hurts. It really does. The idea that they were in a gay club, not that he targeted gay people like a mall. He found out who was gay and shot him down. He went to where he knew they would gather and then struck them down. He struck them down. And not only did he do that, like his wife is saying that, you know, they're all saying he might be crazy. Well, there's other reports, interestingly enough, where he was texting his wife as he was holding people up and shooting them. His wife told him, I love you. And basically she was proud of him. But we're going to go to that. It's very interesting. We'll go to that next. But when I think of the LGBT community, again, I'm first heartbroken because I am separating the two. You know, just like we said, you know, um, um, Brother uh, Brother Paul just said that, you know what, they identify themselves with their homosexuality, which doesn't make sense. Because we don't go around saying we're straight and this defines us. No. Being straight doesn't define me as a human being. Being straight defines the sexual aspect of my orientation, where, where, I, where I orientate sexually. But it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't tell you anything about me. But they are associating themselves with their homosexuality. Here's, here's a simple, quick Christian response and defense to that. It's not even biblical. It doesn't have to be. We're going we're gonna to rationally approach it. If a young man or a young woman claims that they're homosexual, they are not a homosexual until they perform the act to make them a homosexual. If you were born this way, if you were born this way, you're not a homosexual technically until you perform the act. So here's the problem. The reason why homosexuality is a choice, because sex is a choice. Mm-hmm. You tell me, when you can prove to the world that sex is not a choice, then we need to eradicate the, the rape law. Because then the rapist can say, I didn't have a choice. I was born this way. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that sex is still a choice. That makes your homosexuality a choice because you have to choose to have sex to become a homosexual. You, mm-hmm. Until you have sex, you simply have gay tendencies. Mm-hmm. You are not a homosexual. So the LGBT community is really confused. And, and, and the reason I said it's like three parts because I'm thinking about these things like, they're living in sin, they're proclaiming sin to be right, and what religion, quote-unquote, the people in the faith community see sin as, their homosexuality, is, is we're living in the darkness. We're living in a stone age. We haven't, my, we haven't uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me phrase it how they like to say it, we haven't evolved in our understanding. And that's yeah. false. That is false on so many levels because they're destroying themselves. They have the highest AIDS uh, rate in their community. They have the highest drug use in their community. They have the highest uh, uh, crack, cocaine, meth. 
They have the highest uh, PCP um, um, and every other drug you could think of, every other disease you could think of, they have the highest rates in that community. Why? Because they are trying to suppress the truth. The truth is that God made us not to love ourselves. He created us to have relationship with him. So when we are sitting there as, as men loving men and women loving women, something is wrong and our bodies know it. Our bodies know it. And the body doesn't react to it. So they have to suppress it. They have to use a lot of drugs and all these things to suppress it. So on that note, moving on to Islam, I'm, I'm not going to try, I'm trying not to take too much time. You know, I'm hurt for the LGBT community. My first thought is not I'm happy that they were killed. Because me, I'm thinking, my gosh, they died without Christ. They died without Christ. That is a big deal to me. Now when I think of Islam, I'm thinking, I'm thinking hate. Just like Jesus, Islam is, is, is one of the most condemned beliefs out there, and I believe Islam is a doctrine of Satan itself. Because when you look at what Islam actually is, let me, let me do this. Let me, let me read some from the Quran for you. In the Quran, uh, um, chapter 5, surah 33, it says, The punishment of those who wage war against Allah and his apostles and strive to make mischief in the land is only this, that they should be murdered, not killed. There's a big difference between being killed and being murdered. Killed occurs in war or self-defense. Murder is premeditated and is a vengeance. So it says uh, uh, that they should murder or, cru uh, or crucify um, their hands and their feet and cut them off on opposite sides, or they should be imprisoned. This is in the Quran. See, people like to say the Bible is a book of violence, but the Bible spoke like that in the Old Testament during the, the times of war. The Quran speaks like this in present tense. You can't find language like this in the New Testament, but you can find language like this in the present tense of the Quran. Okay, there's another one. It says this, um, make firm those who believe, I will cast terror into the hearts of those who disbelieve. Therefore, strike off their heads and strike off every fingertip of them. What? If I don't believe in Allah, I should be murdered, I should be persecuted, I should be crucified, I should have my head cut off and my fingers cut off? Until I surrender to Allah? This sounds like the God of the universe? This sounds like a God of love? No. When people say Allah, and, and, I, and, I love, and, and, and I love when Muslims try to tell me that because they get a mouthful from me. Do not tell me that Allah is another name for God because that lowercase God Allah is nothing but a demon that you're worshiping. Because only a demon will have you walk into a club because you dislike the way someone lives to shoot them and to murder them and to happily do it. Why? Because the, the, the doctrine of peace, the God of peace, says, says what, we, what should we do? You should love your neighbor as you love yourself. Amen. And love those who hate you. And pray for those who persecute you. 
because in doing so, it will be like heaping a, a heaping coal upon their head. And think about this. God says, revenge is for me. I'm going to find a way to take care of this person. I'm not going to leave it up to your human hands. Because God's plan is John three seventeen. See, he did not send his son, son into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. See, Allah is trying to, Allah, the false god of Islam, is trying to condemn the world. He ain't trying to save no one. That's right. why no person in Islam knows if they're saved, and they keep doing good works. But see, our true God, and Isaiah 64, 6 says, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts, all our good deeds are like filthy rags before our holy God. But see, because Allah is not the true God, good works is everything to Allah. And what they don't understand in Islam is that According to our God, the true God, see, you can't be good and make it to heaven. They think that they can be good and make it to heaven. But see, mm. the God of the Bible, good is not good enough. You have to be perfect. But you can only be perfected by the perfect blood of the perfect Savior in his perfect righteousness. Will you ever be made perfect? Mm. Now, last part. Last part, and I'm done, I promise. Um... Our work as Christians, that's what this whole thing brings me back to. Right. It, it brings me back to because if we as a Christian community, we as a Christian nation, quote and unquote, if we were really doing our Christian duties, sharing the gospel, going out there, seriously working on our vertical relationship with Christ so we can horizontally impact everyone, See, clowns like Mateen would have ran into one of us, and we would have shared the truth with him. Like Paul said earlier, if we're not out there trying to turn our brother from his sin, turn our brother from evil, then it's like the blood is on our hands. So I'm going to propose something different. I'm going to propose why, why weren't we teaching him? Why, 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 how many Christians have popped up and said, man, I tried to speak with him. I haven't seen this anywhere on social media, on the news, anywhere. I haven't seen one Christian step up and say, man, I've been trying to reach that guy. Who's been, who's been reaching him? Islam has. Where are the Christians at? We got a nightclub filled with a bunch of men living immorally. Immorally. Where are the Christians at? There's still more. There's terrorist organizations out there. Where are the Christians at? There's women in gay nightclubs. Where are the Christians at? There's people living far every single day, and God gave us a commission. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples. You can't make disciples without teaching someone to follow your way. Jesus says, I'm going to teach you to be like me. Now teach others to be like me. But we fail it every day. We sit here, sometimes we have these feelings of like, oh, man, dang, this, man, I'm so sad this happened. But what did we do to help? That commission is serious for a reason because if we are seriously stepping out into the world and helping these people see the light, we're going to reduce the amount of evil that occurs in the world. But every day we wake up, 
We worried about our wives, our kids, our home, our cars, our monies, our careers, what we got to do here, our relationships, how we look in the eyes of this person, this person mm-hmm. we got to impress, this thing that we got to do. And you know what? God's business comes in last place. Mm-hmm. And then now we see this on the news and we're shocked. That's where I'm at. Wow. Um, man, I don't know if he's done, but powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, I was done. I was done. It, man, <laughs> it's just truly give you something to think about. Um, yeah, to put the brakes on I, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I want to comment, but I want to give Kevin an opportunity to chime in. Um, before we man. Up, we go to the next next part. Okay. I mean, I'll keep it quick too, man. I'm just man, y'all, y'all brothers just y'all always do it, man. You have a brother mind racing and spirit just uh just floating, man, just trying to figure out what God's doing. Man, how how important is it that the things that we've been discussing over the past couple of times we gotten together and we were just talking last last time about scouting the enemy and seeing the different things that he's He's doing and being vigilant, keeping a watchful eye. Bam, you know, he, he always shows up. He always right. out there. It's always there. So it's just it's amazing how God has us tuned into these types of things and seeing what's going on. Um, man, so many things y'all hit on that was so important. Um, you know, when I first heard the news as well, um, I think I heard about the girl that got shot in the club down there uh, the night before, the girl that won the voice that got shot by her fan or whatever, some guy that was talking uh, down in Orlando, and that, that kind of was like, oh, man, that's, that's messed up. And then the next night, um, or actually, I think Monday at work, my wife was asking me, you know, do you hear about what happened in Orlando? I was like, oh, yeah, the girl, you know, from the voice, man, that's messed up. She's like, no, nah. it's like 40, 50 people got killed in the club. I was like, nah, I ain't anything about that. You know, so when I finally looked it up and saw what was going on, I was like, wow. And then you turn around and got a little kid getting dra- drowned by the alligator down there. I was like, wow. Okay. All right. It's, it's a lot going on. It's a lot for people to, to try to wrap their arms around and heads around and stuff. And God put me on um, just a particular scripture, First Peter 4 and 7, and just talking about the end of all things is near, therefore be alert and a sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins, which is kind of in a nutshell, kind of what we've been talking about tonight, the fact that these are signs, of course, of the end, and we all know that it's near. Um, I was thinking about, you know, the fact that we were talking about how this type of atrocity happened, you know, um, in a club where there was a bunch of gays and there uh, you know, living their lifestyle the way they're living. I'm thinking, man, uh, it's as horrible as it is how bad I feel. Like you said, that the fact that these, these in a lot of cases, kids don't have an opportunity to repent and to try to turn their lives around was, man, um, it's almost like a, on, the, on the opposite side of that spectrum. I'm so grateful that when I look back 20 years ago, at some of my club experiences when me and Rod would be hanging out in the club with some of the brothers doing all sorts of type foolishness with hundreds and hundreds of heterosexual fiends 
just out here doing whatever. I mean, straight up wild and doing horrible things. Um, that God didn't have somebody walk in and just slaughter us, you know, because um, it could have happened and it should have happened. We were the wages of sin is death, and I certainly walked in that lifestyle, not heterosexual, but of just being um, lustful and, and carnal and just doing all sorts of type things that were against the nature of God. But the fact that he spared me and my loved ones and, and my friends and people that I knew and I went to school with, for whatever reason, is is a blessing. It's amazing. It really puts in perspective that, you know, that could have happened. It should have happened. And there was nothing that at that time in my life that would have separated me from these 49 people that were executed the other night. There's nothing There's nothing in terms of their resume that would have made them worse than me. Not one thing. Matter of fact, when I looked over my lifetime, I'm pretty sure my resume was 10 times worse. But the grace of God, I was spared. So like you said, it's, it's for what? It's like, man, there's purpose behind it. Why am I still here? There's purpose in this. And this purpose is, is to me, is really wrapped up in in that the scripture that I just read, man, from First Peter and four is because of all the end of all things in there, we have to be alert and a sober mind so that we may pray. And I believe that's what we are talking about while we are always together. You know, when we have this opportunity to spend time together, that's what we're doing. We are alert. We are a sober mind. God has given us that that mind to pray and to try to get things in order. Um, because we know that the end is coming. Um that second part, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins, is really a difficult, challenging type of command when it comes to, I guess, when you when you see the types of things that people are doing across the country. I mean, I, I'm human just like everybody else. I get pissed when I see certain <laughs> things. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to put it down with a ghost and get it. I get pissed. I see, you know, things on the news or even in my community about, um, you know, what somebody that's committed sexual assault on a woman or a child, somebody that's defenseless, um, you know, people that go out and do these mass shootings for whatever reason or name or whatever it is. These things are upsetting, you know, and it's difficult to think about how in the world can I love somebody that could do things like this and even to bring it even closer to home how can I love somebody at work that I just can't really can't stand I really think they got a horrible attitude or I really I see how they treat people I can't stand them how can I love this dude that I know is, is cheating on his wife or beating on his wife you know and I know these things about this guy how can I know love this person that I know is is lying and, and stealing and doing all these things to get ahead at work or this guy that I know that's you know, lying and doing all these types of things to his family, you know, behind his people's back. How can I love this person? It's a difficult proposition, you know, but this is our challenge. And, you know, I'm I'm finding that the only thing that I can do in my power, because I know that there are so many things that God has to work out through me, just in my simple thoughts about certain things. Hey, you, you're, not, you're not ready to go out and, and talk to some people at this point because, Right now, you're in this state of mind. When it, when you see something happen, you instantly are thinking something negative. That's not where I need you to be. You need to understand how you can separate what it is that you're seeing from what it is that I'm seeing. 
You know, it's like God can see something completely different through a horrible situation in our eyes versus what his purpose is through all of it because he can see the end from the beginning. That's a, that's a difficult thing for me to wrap my head around. You know, I guess, you know, that's why his ways are not my ways, his thoughts are not my thoughts. It's too high for me. Like, and I really, really struggle with it. So I'm like, okay, Lord, if I can't say anything right now that's going to be productive, if I can't do anything that's going to make a positive difference right now, let me shut up and pray because that's the first thing you told me to do. So I'm just going to sit down and be quiet right now. And when I pray, I know you're going to give me wisdom, you'll give me insight, and you'll give me the words that I need to say when it's time. But I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest with you, brother. There are times when it comes with this stuff, like you said, I know some guys that I work with that they're flamboyant in terms of how feminine they are. I mean, it's I don't have any problem going up, you know, saying hello to the guys, talking to them and at work or this and that, you know, just casual conversation, this and that. But it's, it's very difficult to even sit down sometimes and figure, like, what in the world do I say to you, man? <laughs> like, like, this is, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what, I can't even get past this right now, Lord. Like, this guy is, this guy is, it's over the top. I don't even know where to start. So it's like, Lord, just, just help me. What I'm going to do right now is just pray for this, brother, because I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to right. do. I, I know I'm going to continue to live my lifestyle and pray that, you know, maybe this guy can see uh, by the life that I'm living that, hey, that you can do the right thing. You can live right. You can have a, a, a good family. You can choose to do things differently and still be satisfied in life. But that comes through knowing Christ. But, man, that, that's something, I'll be honest with you, I'm really, really trying to figure out what it is that I need to do to to get to that point where I can really witness um, to brothers and sisters in, in different situations. Because the things that we're encountering now, man, these things are so huge and so so mind-blowing in terms of the, the sins that we're encountering and, and the events that are going for. And it's, it's almost defies description. One last thing I do want to leave you with, because I know the hours getting late, we got more to hit, is the one thing that's really, God really pressed upon me and has really been weighing on me heavy is the fact that you, and you brothers mentioned that earlier, the fact that people don't have a clear concept of what happens when they leave this earth. Like, people really do believe we bought this lie nationwide, worldwide, that no matter how you live, um, this dude here been out selling drugs, got 15 baby mamas, you know, been locked up on and all, game banging, whatever. When he gets killed, you're going to see his family, friends, got his face plastered across a T-shirt, releasing doves in the park talking about, oh, you know, the angel just got his wings. Man, this is, you know, people just really don't realize that if you're not saved and you don't live this life right, that you're not going to heaven. That's just not going to be an option for you. Our bishop down in Florida used to say it all the time, that heaven is a real place for real people, but hell is also a real place for real people. And it's like, you know, people just feel like, and I believe this is why the enemy is just getting such a, a, a strong hold on so many people around here is because people don't really believe that they can go to hell. People don't truly believe that something like that is going to happen to them when life is over. They just figure, oh, well, you know, I made some mistakes. I messed up. But, you know, when it's all said and done, well, you know, I'll, 
I'll be straight out. I'll just go in. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just one of them things where people just really don't don't believe it. They don't understand it, and they don't believe it, but it's, it's a reality. And I don't know exactly what it's going to take for people to start realizing that this is, is not a game. This is really damnation, eternal fire. These things are these are real. They're not just concepts and voodoo ideas, but it's a real real thing that's going to happen. And heaven is not for everybody. Unfortunately, it's not for everybody. Everybody's going to want to get there. God certainly will want us all to be there, but the reality is we're not. So how can we get that message across to people so that they will start realizing there are consequences for the sin? There is real punishment throughout eternity, you know, so that they will really have a conscious or sit down with themselves and say, hey, man, wait, hold up. You know what? If this thing were to end tomorrow, straight up, I'm, I'm in trouble. You know, how can, that make, how can we make that real to people so that they understand this is, this is not a game? Right. Uh, man, I appreciate what you said, too, Kevin. Um, you know, it's funny. Everybody swears that Tupac and Big Ear are in heaven right now and, and Elvis <laughs> Presley and Michael Jackson and, yeah. and Prince and Muhammad Ali. I mean, you got Christian churches right. when Muhammad Ali passed, praising God for the life of Muhammad Ali. Are you joking me? Yeah, I understand the man did a lot of good things for people. I understand he promoted unity in a lot of ways. But this dude is roasting, and we and we just glorify this in the house of God. Right. And you know, when when we get like you said, worldwide people have bought into this lie. Man, you get these rappers up, and and they win awards for their music, and and uh, people like you know Eminem. Well, first of all, I want to thank God for what? Right. I, that's not from God. I didn't give you that stage. Right. Oh man, you, uh, you, I, I can't. It, it blows my mind. And and but the problem is that people latch onto that. Oh, I cover my bases. Oh, I, I thank God for it. That's that's it. The Quran. I, I don't know exactly where it is. I'm not as well versed in it as Akiva, and uh, I'll get there one day. But I I know that there is a passage in the Quran that says anything that you do, if you say that it is in it is to pr- to the praise of Allah, it's okay. It doesn't matter what you do. If you say that, then it makes it it makes it good. It makes it glorifying. And people have got it twisted with our God. And God said, "Hey, hold on. I'm a jealous God. I don't play that. You you don't just thank me for." There's going to be a lot of people that say, "Lord, Lord, we we got we cast out devils in your name. We healed the sick in your name." And He's going to say, right. "Apart from me, I never knew you." And so you're right, man. It's an epidemic. And right. and I I think what you said also about when you don't know how to witness, man, that is straight up wisdom for you to <laughs> think about right. it that way and say, let me just pray for him. Cause I know me in my flesh, mm-hmm. there's some people I can't deal with. And I'll just be like, man, I'm done with them. Forget it. I can't, I can't handle it. Yeah. Why not pray for him? Cause God knows, God knows how to fix that situation. Mm-hmm. So that man, you you brought me some wisdom tonight with that. So I appreciate everything everybody <laughs> bro, said. Bro, I'm telling you, that's 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 me. Like literally, bro. Every day when I get out of the car at work, I see something that you know how you feel that conviction, the way you're like, man, I need to say something to this brother. But you right. know, already know, you already know. If you come at it the way that you want to go at it, it's going to be condescending. It's not going to be received. You're probably going to turn that person off. You know, it's right. just like 
okay, I'm trying to create the scenario to where I can witness to you and make you turn your life around instantly within three minutes of me, you know, meeting you or something like that. Because I can see, sense something on you, I can see something on you, and I want to do something about it. But God's like, mm-mm, bruh, <laughs> please. <laughs> like you yeah. said earlier, bruh, just you're, hey, you're not the bro, one. <laughs> yeah, stop. <laughs> stop. Go sit down in the car, close your eyes, <laughs> bow your head, mumble a couple of words to me, and I'll handle the rest. Because you're going to blow this right. thing all upside down right. if you open your mouth. <laughs> Amen. Right, man, and, and that's truly, and that's truly part of maturity, wisdom, and understanding, and a discernment and connection with the spirit. I think what Achilles uh, mentioned earlier was that, but at some point, you know, from the high the Bible says, from milk to me, we got to mature into a way where we can be just like the enemy who is as, as slick as a servant, but we have to be a genesis dove to where we can just some kind of way um, develop some kind of inkling of, uh, you know, God is good. Whatever we can, whatever we can form, we can come up with of mm-hmm. um, uh, to be tactful. You know, kind of just kind of. Because me and Paul was in the break room one day. I don't know if Paul remember this, and um, and we mentioned some about the gospel in a kind of like a a slick way. And and the lady that was in there, she was just like, Amen. And Paul's face was like, Oh, is she down? Hold up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the way, it was right right before Easter, yeah. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So I I am with Achilles saying that though we may say those things, you mm. know, without trying, you know. No, I mean we gotta we gotta be in touch and tune with the spirit and say, Okay, now it's not time. That's true. I I abide by that. But mm-hmm. if you desire at some point, he will present her a, a situation where you can say, hey, because in actual honesty, bro, like I got a cousin that's like, he's makeup, nails, all like he all in, right? Mm-hmm. But when I see him and we together, I'm like, bro, what's up? What's happening, cuz? You know, what up, right. my dude? You know, right. I'm not going to conform on itself, but I'm not going to not love him because that's what the world going to do anyway. But right. if I can show him by my actions or speak some type of verbiage that may get him to think or plus a seed, then it's up to God to do the rest. But I, we, I'm thinking where Achilles' heart is, and I'm going to let him speak for himself. His heart is going like, yo, we got to do more, though. We got to yeah, stop definitely. saying, like, okay, well, you know, we're going to pray. Okay, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, faith will not work. But I can show you my, you know, okay, the enemy believes, but, you know, at a, some point a stand has to take place, and we right. actually have to be agents of change, not by title, but by actions. That's that's tr- definitely true, but, but I think, too, maybe the calling is for when we are in those situations and we are uncomfortable or feel like, hey, we're, we're about to say something or do something that could really – like Kevin said, blow this thing up, you know, maybe right. our purpose and our place is to say, okay, God, I'm praying for this situation. Maybe as God just prompting you to say, okay, you see that you see what I see, you know, it's wrong, but you don't know right. how to fix it. Talk to me. Let me, like you said, and, and the Bible says that I think so many Christians are, I want, I want, it's like, I want this kill for me. I want this badge. I want this scalp. Mm-hmm. This is mine. 
But God just wants us to do what he's called us to do. Maybe you're not the one to say it. Maybe I'm not the one that should be saying what I'm saying. But Mm -hmm. in those situations when I pray, then God may say, okay, all right, now I can move this person. You've done what I asked you to do. Now, to, you know, but I'm 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 down with exactly what Akila said, and it yeah. it even saddened me more deeply when he said, "Where are the Christians? How many right. people who are Christians looked at this dude and said, you know what? It's not even worth it. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna. I'm not gonna change him, and didn't even try. Yeah. That's the yeah. saddening part, and I, I appreciate that that challenge too, Akila. Yeah, yeah, and I'm you know, you. and. And uh, just to piggyback off of what of um, what was said earlier, um, you know, I, I agree with that. Um, that's the first thing we should do is re- revert to prayer, especially in a situation where you know we might be a little too emotional. Um, we might have already passed judgment, so it's hard for us to come out mm-hmm. of that state of mind. Um, I agree with it, man. Um, don't I? Ho- I hope. Um, that that at least came off in, in, in what I said. I completely agree with that. It's just that, Definitely. you know, as we look around, it's like, okay, we were saved, but then mm-hmm. God left us here. And he said, mm-hmm. go and do what I did. Yeah. And it's like sometimes, uh, and what I'm saying is sometimes as believers, we do default too much to, okay, I'm going to just pray that God does this. But sometimes I don't mm. think we realize how much God has purpose for us to be the ones to do it. You, you think mm-hmm. about it. Think about the angels in, in, in heaven. Okay, why does God need angels? He's all-powerful. But does he not still use angels? Because God, God works in a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because when you look at that word, go, go, it's a, it's a, it's a word of instruction. It's a word of direction. It's a word that can only come from someone who is above and has authority to to tell you such a word. Go and do what I did. And he didn't say, go, you pastors. Go, you evangelists. Go, you missionaries. He said, go. In the in the spread of the early church, one thing I learned is and blew my mind is most of the people that were saved by the gospel – were from ordinary brothers and sisters, simply living, like like uh, Brother Kevin just said, living before people, a Christian life, but taking that living, that's the light, when we live before them, we are, we are showing, we are presenting light, but light doesn't get into them until we open our mouths. Wow. Because none can, who, remember, we, if, if the gospel is to be shared, no one can be saved if they're not hearing the gospel. But no one can hear if if we're not doing what? Preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the the living before people, that's the light. But the speaking, the speaking allows yeah. that light to enter them. And that's that's all that we gotta do. Like like me and brother, I remember that one time we were at some kind of sports bar. What is a sports bar? We just outside and I don't know what happened, spirit problems. We're just going back and forth about the gospel, talking about the Lord. And some brother just stop and just start staring at us. <laughs> Rod look at me real quick, and he just keep going. And I look at him, I'm like, okay, we're just going to do what we normally do. We're going to rock out. Right. Eventually, like 10 minutes go by, we're going at it, just glorifying God and just sharing the word. And this dude's taxi cab come. He walks up to us and says, man, that's the truth. 
thank you. And walks away, and we're like, this dude was just stuck in, in listening to the word. But if me and Rod just had really good attitudes, we didn't curse, we were just having fun, he, that doesn't share the gospel with anyone. Yes, we're being light in the darkness. Our, we're being set apart in our attitude and behavior. But until we let our mouths open, that light ain't coming out. Mm-hmm. And so that's just my point because it's like, okay, doesn't the word tell us to do everything in love, right? right. Oh, over Above all virtues, put on what? Love. Mm-hmm. So if I truly love, I got to remember where I came from. That's why I, I'm done after this. I'm done. I ain't going to say nothing else. <laughs> First Corinthians, <laughs> first, first Corinthians six nine through eleven. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the fornicators, the idolaters, the adulterers, the homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor coveters, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners, nor um, will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse eleven. Verse eleven. And such were some of you, mm-hmm. but you were washed but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, the Spirit of God. And, and Brother Kev said this earlier. He said, man, I was worse. I probably was worse than some of these people. Right. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Every one of us on this phone probably was. Oh, he, yeah. But did someone just live the Christian life in front of us? No. Mm-hmm. Someone spoke to us. Mm-hmm. And eventually that that preaching of the gospel made us hearers of the word. Mm-hmm. And through hearing the word, it drove itself into our hearts and we had to respond. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, you know what? The only thing I could think of in this situation after talking to Rod, after listening to y'all, it's like, man, do I have enough love in my heart mm-hmm. to stop about to stop my business for a moment and to be about God's business? So. Amen. Amen. Man, I just said me so good, bro. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Man, that's y'all just said me real good, bro. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. I love you guys, man. <laughs> love you more, man. Uh, it's amazing how the spirit works because Achilles, I had that verse pulled up, and uh, <laughs> and when you said, it, I was like, wow, look at that. And and it's rightfully so. It's rightfully true. We can't get so. We can't get so spiritual to where we like, you know, dude. That was that could have been me just a few minutes ago. You know, we can't look at well. I'm better than him because I'm not gay. But dog, you do other things, bro. Like you have right. to repent for your stuff too. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, we can't so easily get entrapped on you know, us. We no, nah, bro. No grace and mercy, bro. And the same grace and mercy Amen. could have saved everyone that lost lives Sunday night. But the enemy got in the mind of fleshly human and caused him to, to try to become God and took, and, 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 and took lives, bro. You know, mm-hmm. and these are signs that we have to take heed and aware of. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we even the more now have to be more drastic in pushing the kingdom message to the forefront. Like, God's doing something big in this role. I just pray that I see it and I understand yeah. what he's doing. Amen, is it a bro. message? Yeah. Is it a Amen, 
just don't miss it. Do you know what just happened? Do we cause we always on to the next big thing that happens? If something else, something else happens bad, we forget about it, bro. We quit as a society to forget about the things that I'm like, yo, don't miss it, bro. That just happened. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we ain't that far away from nine eleven, but everybody came together. So I'm like, okay, so what is the enemy doing with this? It's like this is still the fire for the Rainbow Coalition. They see how we miss. We don't have the rights. And it's like, okay, so why are the pastors? I mean, Paul talking about now we And Paul talking about this like, why the pastors really want to get up in church and be like, uh, let me read your First Corinthians. Uh, you know, let me read Romans one and thirty two. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death? Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody in church on Sunday like this message. Is, like, why, bro? Like, you're in position. You're for the kingdom. You are a ambassador of Christ. You're the head of the church. Like, what happens to you if you say what is true? According to, just read it. Just like a human read that, just read that. It's where it goes, it goes. You know what I'm saying? I don't get it, bro. Like, so... Position in the power. You're in position. You have been anointed and given the power. You are in order according to God's word and who you are. All you got to do is read. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, man. Like, bro, I'm telling you. I pray that whatever he's doing, that we get a chance to see it and that if there's a change that may come about, bro, that it be so. Because a lot of times, bro, the Lord can use the the Lord uses the enemy to do his work. Mm-hmm. You said, brother, about what you mean? I'm like, bro, when they got ready to go into the promised land, they say, listen, the land is full of this, the land is this, and they're doing this. But, bro, what they started to realize, he was just, oh, Chad, them getting it ready for him. All mm-hmm. they had to do was go in. <laughs> right. Right. See what I'm so it's mm-hmm. like, yo, I'm telling you, man, we we gotta be aware of the signs and the times, and this is just so real. Listen, it's uh, what time is it, man? We we eleven oh nine, so we're gonna go six more minutes to get everybody a two minute chime. Then we're gonna let um, brother oh, Kevin pray us out, and um, and then if we want to continue, we'll stop recording. But if we want to continue, we can. Well, let me go ahead and get my two minutes in and, and shut up. Uh, <laughs> said that three times already. But, um, man, I just want to say, again, I really, really appreciate that this is a, a forum where we <clears throat> sharpen each other, where we pour into each other's lives. We all have different perspectives, different views, but they all, because of the oneness and the unity of the Holy Spirit, they all complement each other. And it becomes one, like freaking Captain Planet. Everything together, that is unstoppable. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad. I'm just glad I'm part of it. I don't know why you use Captain Planet, but y'all got it. I just want to say I love all y'all. I really appreciate Heart, you. Earth, iron, wind. <laughs> <laughs> your powers combined. <laughs> but anyway, I just want to tell you, I love you. I love you. I appreciate all of you. I thank God that we are spread out. 
um, but still together in closeness. So um, I'm I'm quiet now. <laughs> All right, Achilles, you up? Man, um, I I told you as soon as you started talking to me, um, Rod, you know, I, I said, bro, we got to bring this up in the round table, man. And like you just said, Paul, you know, and and we 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 we've been at this since Horizon, and and I'm just glad like this is extended because for me. It's one thing to have brothers who serve the Lord who you know you're in close proximity to, but it's just something so encouraging to hear, oh, this brother in Texas, ooh, he loved the Lord and listen how he talked, man, he man, he he wanted. Ooh. And it's just so encouraging because it's like, yo, we're not the only ones. We don't gotta feel like Elijah. The Lord is saying, Yo, I have risen I have risen them up. You are not alone. I have risen them up. They're, the enemy may be taking them away, but I'm risen, I'm rising them up. It's not over. My work is not done. My will is not done. And I have a purpose. I have a plan. I have a mission. And for me, man, when I when I just get with y'all, man, it, it it lifts me up so much because it's like I can share something that's powerful. And after I say it, I'm like, whoa, thank you, Lord. But then two minutes later, some powerful comes right back at me. I'm like, oh my God, thank you, Lord. So it's like it's, it's an awesome exchange, exchange of giving and receiving, of just word. And man, I'm fortunate, bro. I'm honored. Wow. All right, Kevin, on you. Then uh, give yours. Then the prayers out. That'll be cool. Oh wait, Kevin. Okay. One more thing. I gotta say. Yes, one more thing. Yes. I just want to tell you, I've never heard. I'm going to go ahead and put this down where the goat can get it, but I'm using that. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, hey, I'm going to give all credit where it's due. That's Bishop Vaughn McGlossin Potter's house. That's the medicine Jackson in Florida all day. <laughs> Bishop used to always tell us he's going to put the hay down where the goats can get it. Like Every Sunday, that's where he threw it to us. And uh, just, just real quick, man, that's, that's where – I was sharing with my wife earlier this week about how I, I kind of missed that a lot about him being in, under under his ministry while I was there. It was just the fact that he would, he would take so many of the current events, things that were going on, not all tragedies, but just anything that's going on in the world and, and make sure that he, he took time to teach and just, you know, really speak to us about what was going on in the current events and how the, the Bible is, is teaching about those different things and how we can relate and understand what God is doing you know, with those situations. It's very important. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's that was Bishop all day, man. And that's that's something that um I think we're doing here, you know, every time that we get together is we're taking things that I know that God left us here specifically at this time, brought us into the world at this specific time for a specific purpose. And I'm just man, Kiwi just said something just then that had me thinking too, man, just about raising up. Man, can can you imagine how many other brothers probably are out there? Wow. Just even even in Atlanta, even in Georgia, Texas, Florida, across the country, across the world, how many Christian brothers are doing something similar right now? Maybe in person, just sitting down, just chatting, chopping it up, sharpening each other. God is raising us up. You know, we're just one small sect of a group that He's He's raising up. And like Rod said, man, I just really, really pray that I be able to see you know, exactly what it is that he's doing during this time. But I guarantee, man, we are not alone. I believe there's plenty of brothers out there, plenty of sisters Amen. out there. 
He is raising us up like grass. I mean, coming up just like when it's, you know, springtime and you fertilize your yard and the sun hits it. I believe that's what he's doing with us, man. He's just getting us all out. And he's just, you know, all the weeds are just getting just plucked away. He's, showing, he's pulling us all out. All the fresh green grass is growing. The weeds are just kind of getting moved right on out of the way. He's trying to show forth. It's, it's, it's definitely that time. So I just thank God for you guys being obedient to his call on your lives and for helping to sharpen me and yourselves and each other and being what you are in the kingdom of God, man. You guys are it's awesome. I don't say that lightly, man. It's, it's really awesome to be amongst a group of brothers like you all. All right. On that note, let me go ahead and pray us out, man, so we can go smile. I'm going to go back to sleep with a smile on my face like a like Snoopy on Peanuts or something. Lord, <laughs> Lord I thank you, God, for this opportunity to fellowship with good brothers, oh, God. Thank you first and foremost for my brother Rod who just has been the conduit, God, who's been the, the one right in the middle of everything, oh, God. You you placed him in all of our lives for a purpose, oh, God, and he's fulfilling that purpose. We thank you for him. We ask that you would bless him. We ask you would strengthen him, encourage him, fill him, oh, God, with your word, fill him with your encouragement, with your power, with your peace. Bless his family. Bless him in all that he does, oh, God. And we ask that you bless every brother that's represented on this line, Bless our families. Bless our homes, yeah. oh God. Bless our minds, oh God. Continue to renew our minds this night, oh God, as we sleep, God. Just renew our minds. Help to to drive out any doubt, any fears, any anything that's not like you, oh God, that, that will keep us from functioning the way that you would have us function, God. We just ask that you would drive it out, oh God, that you would show us those things that are not like you and help us to be bold and to come boldly to your throne, God, and repent of those things that are not like you but to stand up as a child of God and, and walk anew, walk refreshed, yes, walk Father. with a renewed mind, oh God, knowing that we, we are your children. We serve you. We are here to do your will. God, we just ask that you will continue to use us each and every day, oh God. Give us opportunities, whatever way that they that they come forth, oh God. We pray that you would just give us opportunities to be a witness and a light to those that you would call for us to be a witness to, oh God. We pray that that you would create the scenarios for us, oh God. We pray that we don't step before you, but God, just have your way. Have your way in everything that's done, oh God. Just help us to be obedient. Help us to follow the Holy Spirit, oh God. Have your way in our lives each and every day. And we pray that we will all be safe, be blessed until we meet again on this line, oh God, and hopefully in person one day, oh God. We bless you. We honor you and your son, Jesus Christ's name. We pray tonight. Amen. 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 Love you, Amen. Love y'all, man.